0: Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co founder of RackN, and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. In this episode, we discuss the incidental or the accidental surveillance state that is being created by all of the videos and listening devices that are now embedded in our world, and talk through the ramifications of those networks being in private hands, in which companies can actually review and check the data. Essentially do facial recognition or other types of analysis on the data and then sell and monetize the side data from these systems. So for example, a autonomous vehicles cameras um, or delivery vans cameras. Um, there's a lot of implication ramifications about that topic. Um, we in classic cloud 2030 style dig in and discuss uh, that and many other components about how the world is structured around these topics. I know you'll enjoy the conversation. Okay, so the the idea here, and this came out of a previous topic, was that we would um, want to talk about the growing surveillance state. So we we talked about identity in the past, we've talked about um, Data. Um, <laughs> I'm very interested in the monetization side on this, but I mean, we are collecting data like never before. Um, and right, so it's it's nice to think about privacy from an identity perspective, but you are so incidentally observed, and that's sort of where I was coming coming from. This of you know, people, you, you carry your phone places, and people know where those are. I mean, I'm. I are gonna have uh, Air, Apple AirTags in my my bag, and those things throw off beacons like like there's no tomorrow. Um, we have CCTV, self driving cars, which are eminent, Have so much video that you know any place you're going by a car, even regular cars today, have significant amounts of video uh, embedded in them. Um, so we and have this sort of traffic and telemetry as a
1: and, tele- and telemetry from the car. Itself, right? That's that's you know,
0: um, yep, and doorbells, a, cameras. It's it's insane, yeah, right? There's yeah. so and, much. I, Go
2: ahead. Also, the um, the courts have just this past week uh, ruled that uh, all the manufacturers are allowed to read and intercept text messages sent to a phone connected to their infotainment, infotainment system.
1: What? I'm um, sorry. Say that again. Close.
2: Car manufacturers are are so oh. they, are allowed to read and intercept text messages sent to your phone if it's connected to their uh to the to the vehicle.
0: So they they can treat those as basically their as shared intellectual property. They're not your private messages. They're they're Subject can, to their info, they're subject to their audit
2: and review if they want. They, they can collect those as data.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Where uh, is, is that in the U.S., Canada, both? Where
2: U.S. I, find the... I, I believe. Uh, let me let me see if I can find the, the okay. article about this. Yeah,
1: because that sounds like you know, Return of Electronic Computer Privacy Act.
0: You know, this is. That's that is that business. I, I remember hearing and, something about about this, but I didn't. I wasn't watching for the outcome.
1: And and who has? Uh, if, as you recall, Klaus, who has or what entities have the rights to the data? The car company, as opposed to.
2: Oh, uh, I, I just found the article here. Yeah. So so yeah so. So the DLDI, yeah, it's
3: infotainment. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
3: It's in Washington State.
1: Well, if that doesn't go to the Supremes, I don't know what will. Or did they no dismiss it
0: altogether? No, they were unanimous. They rejected it. They dismissed it. the court. They dismissed the case. This is similar to I thought, but I I thought this ruling went the other way, which was saying that um, vendors couldn't retain. Voice and other data from like Alexa's used it on the premise that it was training data. So, so I thought we actually in a different case it just moved um, the other direction for um, not allowing vendors to have retain have access.
2: So in, in this case so that article says that uh, the the vehicles are are, are allowed. Or, or at least the 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 case was dismissed because in this case, uh, the 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 plaintiff was not uh, able to uh, demonstrate actual injury. Like in the case of Alexa and, and Google Voice mm-hmm. and whatever, they're actually using the data for their own. But purposes. you have
1: to wait for you have to wait for Ford to do something anus before you can
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know. Oh my
1: goodness. Oh, uh, well, that's a pro- well, OK, there's a problem with the Washington State Privacy Act in here, but. Um, this is.
3: Wow.
0: Yep. <laughs>
3: Sir, Sorry, this um... is part of what I was talking about, right, because I, I went down this road for a different scenario. But think about being on a bus or in a subway system. Mm-hmm. And you suddenly have Wi-Fi access. Do you give up your right to privacy in are, are your are you talking about Are you
1: talking about a public Wi-Fi access? What do you what, public what Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi
3: access. access? Yeah.
1: Do you give up a right of privacy?
3: Right, because uh. assume, for example, that the oh, that the uh, metropolis is storing your data for a given period of time. And could technically turn it over to authorities if, God forbid, there was an incident. Someone gets pushed on a subway or someone gets hurt on a bus. They're going to use that, A, for liability reasons, but also, does it mean that you as a consumer are giving up, or as a human, are giving up your right to privacy?
2: But you've already given it up if you use a cellular network.
3: Um, That's not
2: quite true. That there have hmm. been cases where the police has subpoenaed the location of all cell phones within uh, at a certain time that connected to a particular uh, cell tower. Yes, but it it
1: demands it demands uh, subpoenas, it demands um, warrants, and it's covered. There is a there is a there is a a court process of for the most part with public Wi-Fi which by the way i you know i do my <laughs> absolute damnedest never ever to sign on to for so many reasons that this is yet mm-hmm. one more reason and um the notion of a of a kind of a public accommodation like this um you know it, by by law yeah i think you do give up your you're right, you know, and you you've given whoever's operating this um, this this service, whether it's in the in the subway or at the airport, for
0: example. Uh, yeah, um, but you, there's there's two problems. One is the the people who are, and I, maybe these are worth separating. One is other people who have access and might you're not offered any protection. Well, that's from other one. from other users and then the people you're actually using that they have access to your yeah traffic and, DNS, and first, DNS activity things like that
1: and the first the first reason is the primary reason why I never use <laughs> never use public Wi-Fi. Um but uh the second reason is worthy of consideration that's for sure. Um well
3: Um, I'm sorry, I I had to grab my phone for a mm -hmm. second, but um, my question, because I missed part of what you guys were talking about, I think I posed the question to the group last week or the week before, if you're in an autonomous vehicle, what prevents the manufacturer of the car or the... Contractor Who puts the infotainment System in From not recording your conversations While you're driving in it
2: Nothing And in fact well, I like, that's what There's really been news coming important. out About Tesla uh, employees right. Abusing their access to uh, mm-hmm. Legal uh, Recorded data so so, so again, how do we ven- that, 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 that there may be a a a legal reason that should prevent them but in in, in practice uh it is really just access control yeah.
1: yeah and the contract you sign when you when you use the services but yeah there's that right now there is no assumption of There isn't necessarily an assumption of privacy unless it's made usually made explicit. This was this was the case, you know, way back when when the Electronic Computer Privacy Act first was uh, put in place and put in place quickly because it was getting pretty pretty nasty. And that was um, there was a point in time when uh, you couldn't tap a telephone wire uh, uh, number without uh, a very specific process that required warrants and so forth. But there was nothing that uh, prevented uh, the local police, sheriff or marshal from walking into a company and demanding to see all of the emails. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Eighty-six, eighty-seven. When we push forward the CPA, that your electronic mail had the same privacy status as your telephone calls, and re- and required a you know a, a court process to to reveal them.
2: And then nine eleven happened, and a lot of these yeah. protections got uh, eroded. Exactly. Well, on the brighter side uh, from the government but not from <laughs> not from commercial
0: but but,
1: but this is but, commercial
0: yeah yeah com- exactly. but right this is and did you so are we thinking because this is a, it, like i mean i don't oh, want to well, be part of a government government surveillance state either but i, I actually and sound weird i I'm less worried about the government surveillance than I am about the commercial surveillance. I think you
1: should be. I think that's the right No, I think you're you're absolutely correct. And okay. and in point of fact, the government is very often by law prevented from doing certain kinds of um data gathering or data consolidation. Okay. However, if it can be done commercially and legally, or somebody has, has done it, the government can buy uh, right, that's, from that commercial yeah, yeah. operation the data that they are prevented,
0: prevented from, from
1: capturing
0: flag. directly. <laughs> so
1: which, it's which, like, was, which was I, in
0: several of the books we've read now. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And, and, so, and it was in the, the news recently about, uh, was it the FBI or CIA? Uh, yeah. Purchasing that Both. data.
0: Yeah. And, and that's part of, part of the weakening... It, Right the contention was that part of the weakening of the laws is actually the government being too handcuffed <laughs> unintended um by the <laughs> by the government surveillance laws um to um right so they're just letting the they're they're opening up laws that allow the commercial companies to do it and then buying buying the public and it's not just that also
2: regulatory companies... capture and stuff yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, again uh. So that that that's the bleak news. The, the, the better news, uh, and I just post a link on that, is that the German courts have um what was it? Uh, yeah, it was two weeks ago, uh ruled that um the do not track settings in your uh in your browser are legally binding. Ooh. Now this applies to German people only, but it's a good good present, I think.
1: It yeah, because now there's German there's key, German countries. Yeah. Uh Klaus, um this is the uh this is the link that you just put in the uh
2: That is, yes.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
3: Okay, so so here's my question, Klaus. On that basis and around this, somebody will monetize the idea that opting out if you're in an autonomous vehicle or on a a bus to use the services that are being provided through the autonomous car or bus, um, you can upsell privacy. And privacy but, uh, then becomes a commodity. Actually,
2: yeah. uh, funny that you speak of that. Uh, of that. I, I think it was either WhatsApp or Instagram that this week changed yes. their settings so that you can no longer disable uh, an- uh, like advertisement and anonymization unless you, you go for more. a paid subscription.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So this is privacy at a premium, as opposed to. The- in in the
1: case of whatsapp it's 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 noise uh it's uh noise abatement as a premium you don't get the you don't get the uh uh the advertisements but yeah you're absolutely dead on the whole notion of paying for privacy in these situations is uh has made it uh rather than a a right it is basically a luxury good.
2: Which credit yes, credit well, reporting is in a actually, similar th- state. Th- yeah. To be fair, yes. I, I I am not morally opposed to a paid private service. Hmm? Because I, I, I think that, that finally undoes a lot of the damage that we, we we've that has happened on the internet in the last 20 years with free services that were supported by advertisements. Having said that, my concern is that paying is not yet synonymous to guaranteed privacy. It just means that I will not get the, as, as you guys said, like you pay to remove the annoyance, you don't you don't pay to get the guaranteed privacy right yeah. unless you maybe use a particular services that are privacy friendly, but those are not that I'm a dozen
1: no they're they're
0: actually few and far between but and,
2: and, and, point, and, it is, and there's right.
0: and it's moment it, but what it's also been proven to be moment in time because this service gets acquired by somebody who doesn't have the hmm. same viewpoint. And they you know will change the terms of service retroactive mm-hmm.
1: couldn't be thinking about any particular large social media service in in particular
0: <laughs>
3: could you are,
2: are we talking about the blue side about the orange side about the bird side about
3: the <laughs>
0: i was I was actually thinking like I think LastPass is going through this at the moment um yes. where where they had a huge compromise and then they
2: got acquired they and i think they got
0: they were purchased and then oh
2: and at, at, at the moment because like the the, the 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 people who 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 paid attention to who acquired last pass was it now five years ago like they, they, they knew that was the, the final nail in the coffin
3: yeah yeah but but here's the thing as i'm thinking about this and thinking through this if i pay a premium for my privacy how am i how is that translating into you cannot sell that data to a government organization even though the government may have the opportunity to buy that data you have That's to make it one. dust so you have to be very careful about selectively not or or cleansing Cleansing a conversation like we're having now. Assume this is an autonomous vehicle instead of Zoom. If I've paid the price for that level of luxury privacy, are you emitting? Are you excluding me from the dialogue? Are you excluding all of my wis- you know, nuggets of wisdom? How are you preventing this from being stored, saved or reused or sold?
2: And how are you guaranteeing right. it? And and, and honestly, w- without yes. customer managed encryption keys, uh, like for example, like mm. like since we're talking on, on on the topic of LastPass, like maybe not LastPass, but uh, Bitwarden, OnePassword, etc. They're all yeah. You ma- you provide your own encryption key, which which is your your, your passphrase to to uniquely encrypt your data so that it's not encrypted the same key as someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we need that more pervasively and for other services that like it in it, it needs ideally it would be like uh service providers would be legally bound to require that unless the, the customer explicitly waives that right. Which, unfortunately, is how we got them to do this in the first place. Because it's like, okay, you either pay for this, or or you get the free service, but you give up your your rights.
3: But I mean, think of the nightmare, uh, the quagmire that's that's going to create for any you, provider.
1: I'm I'm not quite it's following a different you, thing, Go ahead. Could you Could you be ex- I wasn't sure I understood the threat or the issue that you were raising about uh, removing or. Not. Okay,
3: so so take your scenario where I I now pay the price for my luxury level privacy. Okay, and I'm in either I'm in on a in you're
1: in a Zoom call an autonomous, autonomous
3: vehicle call. or I'm ah. in Zoom and I'm saying. I have paid for privacy. Therefore, any part of this meeting that we're having that Zoom may hold uh, or try and try and sell in some way or whatever, I have paid for privacy. Are you then going to come back and edit this entire meeting to make sure that because I have said I want privacy, you could block out my face. You could change so you my get, voice. You've your it's audio, like getting right? a
1: redacted document.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. And and how do how do you how do you, how how do do you, you actually operationalize yeah.
2: that? And and more importantly is
3: and guarantee it. A, a, a,
2: a, if you pay for privacy then would it be a privacy violation to review the recording in order to remove your contributions? <laughs> Very good question. Or <laughs> good would the would the whole recording have to be yeah. um, made private?
1: Yeah, who or what reviews it and, and redacts it?
3: Right. Ooh. More like what than who?
0: Yeah, exactly. or even yeah, and then do you even know? this is I, this is actually a step closer to where I was where I was going to pull the conversation though, because mm-hmm. it's it's we've been talking about services that you've engaged with and and they're controlling your data. I, I think that there's a significant amount of ancillary privacy issues that have monetization efforts that you actually, don't have any control over. So if, if an autonomous car is driving past you, right? And picks up yeah. and, and and sees you, it is mm-hmm. it is beyond expected. I I beyond possible. I expect they will be monetizing facial recognition to identify people that they drive past and report locations to other services as part of monetizing the data streams from those cars so that that Especially because I I don't expect self driving cars to become personnel pe- privately owned. I expect them to become fleet vehicles, and so that, that's my expectation. I think the cost and the the, the nature of how self driving cars are used, you will be there'll be fleets of them, mm-hmm. and and those fleet operators will literally turn on the cameras, do facial recognition, and sell tracking in the current current state we have to everybody. Um, and so, and then at that point, they're going to be encouraged just to drive through neighborhoods because they're they you know to be close to where the pickups might occur. They're going to be cruising right. the neighborhoods, and then selling off all sorts of of secondary data. You know, oh, what type of of dog does does uh, Rob have? Because we've seen him walking this you know this a poodle, you know, every time he's out walking. I mean. You know, does he does he prefer North Face jackets? Because I see him wearing a North Face jacket. Um, you know, I yeah. it, it, the 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 opportunity not just to say this is where Rob is at any given moment, but to to actually commercially address. Oh, I see him in this neighborhood. Basically, yeah. monitoring, just monitoring. You're talking
1: about monitoring people, yeah.
2: and and, and the worst part yeah. of this is that there is at least with the current system, no legal way to fix this. Because the only companies that are going to obey the law are the ones that don't have a strong enough legal team to to just turn any violation of the law into just a slap on the, on the wrist.
0: Hmm. The, the thing you scared me about was that, is that it's actually a benefit to our our police to have just like the doorbell cameras, how we use them today, and most people want the police to have that that data when they need it. They just don't recognize that that is created surveillance, default surveillance. So, yeah.
3: so isn't there isn't there something in the U.S.? I remember reading this way back, but I'm I'm I I can't quite remember the whole thing. Isn't there a law? And I don't know if it's all states or a single state. This is where I'm trying to remember it, where you can't legally walk up, like just randomly shoot a, a picture of a, of a person without coming into some legal jeopardy. Like if you're walking hey. down the street, and you know, someone catches your attention and you take a photograph of them with your phone. Isn't there something that prevents you from doing that or there was a case about it? it's it's a few years ago that I'm trying I'm trying to remember
2: yeah. the details. it, it depends right. on jurisdiction like it, for it example in, in some places it, it, it's okay to have like a, a home security camera pointing at a at the, at the street in so in other places it's not right. uh, yeah. in, in, some, in some cases you, you you are allowed to take pictures of others and in some cases you, you need to have consent uh for example in germany you're not allowed to have a dash cam right um so again it 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 varies from place to place
1: yeah it is jurisdictional and in the us i think it is also uh, jurisdictional it's not feder- it's not federal it's not broad yeah
0: i know in texas okay. you aren't yeah, supposed to have cameras pointing at the street and in maryland they actually have a program from the police setting you to have cameras pointing at the street
3: Which is interesting because if you think about that ancillary and multiple omni channels that are going to crop up that are randomly taking information, you know, to your point about your jacket and whether you prefer North Face or, you know, goose down, whatever. (laughs) Um, it goes all the way to the, to the dog and what brand of, um, pickup plastic you happen to use and the frequency of, how often you take your dog for a walk, et cetera, et cetera. I don't have to go into the core details, but yep. this is why I think and there was also a case and I'll have to dig it out. It's somewhere in, in my files of a case where um, I, th- I don't know if it's Lithuania or somewhere in that part of Eastern Europe, but there are actually cameras on the sidewalk and at the, asphalt level that are not only flagging cars as they go by for the, the number of cars, right. To see if they need speed bumps and things like mm. that. But also there was something to do with um, keeping the area clean and they monetize the whole program by the town suddenly issuing, you know how they issue green bins and blue bins and whatever, and they make you pay for them um, on a yearly fee or whatever. Uh, They got into the business of pet care and, you know, you had to buy only the disposable bags of that jurisdiction and they made a lot of money off of it. And they ended up going from a a negative budget to a surplus by doing things like that. (laughs) Scoop bags. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Listen, you're talking about monetizing data. Oh, I I I'll, I'll tell right. you another one. In Israel now, um, there are certain roads that are paved with um, uh, photovoltaic paint, right? right? So they can charge certain areas, and they're now charging the tolls based on whether you're driving an EV or a non-EV,
1: mm-hmm.
3: because it either goes back to the grid, and and you're supporting the whole thing because you're green or you're not, you're using a combustion engine car and you're being charged more. So, to your point, Rob, of cameras taking pictures of everything and everyone, this is all, you know, and all I have to say about the rest of that is where the hell were those cameras on the 7th of October?
0: No, this is, it it wasn't worth monetizing. This is part of what we get into. We're back to um you no. Know, um yeah. yeah. it, it's gonna
1: be interesting. Remember the, it ends up remember being the program. Surveyed? Remember yeah. the program is um, what was it? Where they would put It does it blend where you could take anything, you know, you could take anything and put it into an industrial blender and see if you could, you know, turn it into into dust. Um now the question is, you know, can you sell it? Uh, can you package it for sale? Yeah, and we're at that point. Um, let me ask the assembled multitudes here.
3: Um, you mean the brain trust? <laughs> yes, the brain trust. <laughs> how
1: how how do you see? Well, I mean, it's a it's going to be it's gonna be a battle no matter what, but how do you see making any difference and what would be the mechanisms by which eventually you can push back the kind of almost unrestricted um, use of private individuals or corporate Entity data that you collect um you know as a as a result of you know somebody actually living in the world is there is there truly a means a kind of a scenario by which individuals actually could take enough control of their data and use it in a way that is preventing this or at least mediating the use of personal data by uh, the kinds of companies and for the kinds of purposes we just described i don't see you know these individual data banks where you are going to collect your personal data and charge FICO and Ford and everybody else, the, you know, the two tenths of a cent per month value for using my data, that just is not going to that's not going to be anywhere near compelling. So what is the mechanism? Any thoughts?
2: Well, I see two possible mechanisms. One is we affect sufficient cultural change to make um to, to ensure that companies behave altruistically with their data, which means that they have to stop prioritizing monetization. Okay. The other one is which is, seems to be the, the most dystopian but likely approach is that you poison your data to the point where it becomes unmonetizable.
1: Unusable, or worth it you basically make your personal data worthless.:
2: Not just yours, but at well, a sufficiently large scale, where okay. the, the, where the, the actual practice of monetizing this data becomes impractical.
1: Can I offer another scenario? Because I think it's, um, I'm not sure if how realistic any of these are. But um, just as you know, I would probably not be willing to either spend the time or take the advantage of uh, selling my individual Personal data, you know, monetizing it that way. As a group, as a cooperative, as a as a trust, the fact that companies would get to use personal data for a fee, the kinds of fees they're paying now to buy this, but the um, that money would. Um, be significantly taxed and those taxes would go into um, funds that were beneficial to the society itself. They were their social programs. I mean, for the same reason that you pay a gasoline tax, which was supposedly going to go to the upkeep of uh, roads and bridges and infrastructure or uh, certain uh, electric power taxes um, um, to once again, go back and keep certain aspects of uh, infrastructure uh, up to date and operating smoothly. It strikes me that the whole notion of a data trust or a data cooperative Represents a lot of data and a big enough number, a big enough number of dollars, significant that enough value, significant. that it would be um, a major addition to the common wheel. That is putting, you know, putting money into into programs which were to deal with could be privacy, it could be um, the uh, general availability of uh, broadband, things like this. Any thoughts about that? It would that? be,
3: I have thought about that long and hard for a long time, particularly, you know, from the altruistic side of my brain that says we have to do something to protect children uh, from identity theft and misrepresentation, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. That's a one po- form of privacy. I think women in general would be more likely to buy into the notion of that trust, A, because our purchasing power as a whole, as a unit in aggregate is far greater than men. Women control the purse strings in every household. So we're 62% of, of buying power over men. Recent statistics. Uh, So that would be one way. But the thing that I think may be missing from this equation, not that it's a bad thought, Rich, I 100% support it, is synthetic data. They know enough about us to be able to create their own data and use synthetic data instead of our personal data. Mm -hmm. There is such a broad range of ages. If you think about, if you had to model using AI, uh, Gen Z preferences, you'd be able, based on what's already out there, to create synthetic data. Even if, and the again, even if,
1: with, even if I were no longer able to get access to the,
3: the actual da- real data. data. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: No, that's a, it's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, an excellent point. I'm, and so I'm not could, saying it's perfect, but the question, the question is, there are certain kinds of. Um, I, I would I would hold out that there are certain kinds of uh, situations where the actual original primary data is still of value and of course. would be would be acquired, would be, you know, would be purchased. Under a system like this, it wouldn't cover everything, but it does contribute, in my mind, to the common wheel, and that's where I think I I still come down on. Yeah, you know, yes, there will be ways around it, and there will be people who will find them, but I'm uh, I'm really of the opinion that this is this is actually something that could be done.
3: I I 100% agree it could be, it should be. I only offer the the notion of synthetic data because I think for a period of time, it might be very valuable to have such a trust. Mm -hmm. But I think it would be synthetic data would backfill. And then over time, the value of information or the scarcity of data to inform synthetic data or new models would sort of spur another round of okay, let's let's have a surveillance economy,
1: yeah.
3: right? To refresh what was previously there. We all know that the the LLMs are time data are time limited, and we want them to be more current. If it's two years out of mm. date, it's forget about it. It's not not worth. You're going to have right. to check every fact, but other than that, sure. I there's a lot of retailers that would get behind that. There's a lot of consumer product companies that would get behind that because yeah. it would be purposeful.
0: Yeah. And I think that's it, that's the point. Yeah. We're, we're over time. So I'm, I'm I'm deciding to weigh in or not. <laughs> weigh oh, in. Come on.
3: Give your last word. Come on.
0: Oh my goodness. I I'm I I'm not sure. I it, the the ability to manage and and deal with all this stuff. I I really the, the way we've been structuring everything with decentralized control and then the the heavy incentives to monetize. Rich, I don't think I'm talking directly to your question, but mm-hmm. um, the 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 idea that. We have, we're sitting on all this data, and that the companies that are servicing it have so much incentive to find all, all additional monetization paths. I, I, I don't see a, I don't see a way to inject regulatory control here. But I also don't see a way for even aggregation to really happen. Um, and so like. The, the idea of 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 cooling all the data or, or putting vendors together um, in most of the scenarios i see only satisfies one avenue for collecting the data and i think it's very leaky leaky that we will have additional mechanism and so i I'm, I'm i'm pretty pessimistic that we we have any any way to oh I... Centralized that.
1: I'm not I'm not at all surprised, nor am I, you know, in, in disagreement. I think if you could, for example, take private data regarding financial transactions, just mm-hmm. the credit cards, just the banking, just that data, and place it under this kind of rule that says, uh, in order to use it, it's, and, and there here are the rules by which you can get access to it. The amount of money you pay for it, significant amounts of it go back to the common wheel. The problem here is how do you control its capture and then later use? The thing about financial data for the most part and you can find ways in which parts of it leak is you do have banking regulation you do have mm. uh, electronic you know, we have international uh rulings about uh financial transactions um so that information by itself could can, can be captured it has serious value and um yeah it's not the it's not the total no, I, but it's I, a
0: significant piece. It, we would, we would, I, I think you're right. I think it would be possible. And, and ultimately, I think this will happen is that we're going to have sweeping legislation that says there are certain types of data that can be. And then, and then we will. Um, it will, they'll have to be simple enough that there won't be a lot of wiggle. Like you could, you could actually have a regulation that says you can't use facial recognition. Um of any image without the consent of the people in the image. And we've talked about this before where that might actually mean that you, that somebody scans the images and identifies people who you don't have permission for. And, it, and this is, I think what's missing from our current data regulate data environment. We, we have a very opt out system. We have, come, we yeah. talked to, this is, this is the subject for today, but here's, here's your, here's your, 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 uh, summary, if you will, the current mechanisms that we've all described are universally opt out, right? And the the simple remedy for this, which will be very disruptive, but I think ultimately necessary, is that so we have all to switch opt-in. to an opt in system. Um, and because there there are whole business models that are literally built on uh, this, yeah. You know, people opt I, out.
1: Meta, Meta. Had a had a you know, and it had an had a a corporate seizure when it when it had to deal with an opt in versus opt out, and you would you would get the same reaction for lots and lots of services. And I, I don't I
2: think opt in is, is enough though. I mean, look at World it's a start. People it's a start. sell their personal identity for for fifty dollars.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah.
3: Yeah. Well, no. but, you know, when you were talking about the financial, just a quick question.
1: Yeah.
3: Is there not an open banking regulation in the US the way there is in Canada? Um,
0: I don't know what you mean. What do you mean?
3: <laughs> there, what are the implications
1: open... of an open banking?
3: Uh, the implication is. Anybody can look at your financial debt data based on what you happen to be doing. If you're looking for a credit card, if you're looking at a mortgage, if you're looking to buy something of significant value where there may be payment terms like a car, the open banking rule says that they can automatically look at your fi- look at your bank account and look at your credit history and everything else without. Without having to jump through any kind of hoops, because that's you basically agreed to it when you open an account. I'll send you a link because we're over time.
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I'm not sure what that, how that applies in the U.S. Because I'm not sure that there is a unify a uniform open banking law that prevails.
3: states, but yeah, it's definitely here. It's in the UK, it's in other parts of Europe, Australia.
0: All right, I, I, okay. I need to, I need to, I need, I need, yeah, we all need to. I <laughs> love, love these okay. ones where we get, we get, we will, we will, this, I promise, we will pick this back up. Talk to you next week. Oh, next week is it's off. It's Thanksgiving, it's U.S. Thanksgiving. Oh,
3: so. happy turkey day to you guys.
0: Um, thank you, and we will pick this up. Uh i'll be in re i'll be at reinvent but we'll pick it up week after for the book review quick discussion
3: have fun in vegas
0: see you in reinvent (laughs) thanks See you in (laughs) reinvent
3: rich i'll reinvent myself teleport (laughs) good
0: idea wow what a fascinating conversation there is so much going on in how this information is being used, stored, shared, monetized, um, and we will continue to dig into all of those aspects, including the deeper technical ones of actually how to manage that type of data. If you're interested in this conversation, and if you're listening to me now, you clearly are, please join us at the2030.cloud. Be part of the conversation. We want to hear your thoughts and opinions, and you can always join us for the book club, where we uh, choose a book every quarter and discuss it as part of the podcast. See more at the 2030.cloud. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know, laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.